Hello, and welcome to the Bubbly and Baseball podcast, hosted, as always, by Ed Hand and Bailey Von Schneider. If you love drinking sparkling adult beverages, and you also happen to love baseball, then we would love for you to join us. So, without further ado, here are Bailey and Ed. Hello, everybody. Uh, We're here back after a week of uh, very frustrating uh, negotiations that um, do not really seem to be making anything better. Um, I'm Ed Hand, as always, with uh, Bailey Von Schneider. How are you doing, Bailey? Uh, I'm doing well, like, in my own personal life, but my my baseball life, uh, a little frustrated. Yeah, you know... um, it's how, – how would you describe this week if you had one word to describe it with for one baseball? Word. Not your personal life. No, no, no. Yeah, I figured. I figured. Um, oh, chaos? Like, because it's like I don't know what's what's happening and everything seems to be – there's just one person saying one thing. And, like, the invention of social media has just been contradictory with everything, you know? It has not been helpful. I uh, completely agree with you there, because even when we get details about, like, oh, this is what happened today, it's always – it doesn't feel like it's complete information ever. It's always, oh, they're close on this, but yeah. I don't know. It's like, what are they talking about for, like, five hours, like, that they are close to this? How can you go over this stuff for this long and, like, like I don't know. I wish I knew a little bit more about how this process worked. I have some family that is, uh, that are, that work for, uh, the teachers union in Ohio. And you know what? Did not really get any insight out of him on this either. He's, uh, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. it's, it, well, it's also just like, it's very much like, you know, pro union, anything the owners do are bad, which I, you know, in this case, I tend to be inclined on agreeing with him, but at the same time, I would like to know what, like, the actual, like, process is like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm always going to pretty much be on the side of the players, so I'm going to be on the MLBPA versus MLB, just because it seems as if Major League Baseball is not budging in the slightest on certain things that I think are things that are important. Like, I love the idea of, like, oh, we understand that, like, minor leaguers and even the entry-level guys um, aren't getting paid as – I mean, when, once you're in Major League Baseball, you're getting paid really well, so I don't want to hear it. But still, um, they're getting 600000 as opposed to millions, which huge, huge difference. So they – understand that these people are being paid less, but they don't want to pay them any more unless they won the, what was it, the rookie of the years and then the follow-ups. If that, if you do that, they're then like, oh, we'll take away a year of your service time. So they understand, but they're only going to do it for like four people is like sort of their thing. So it is, I, I would say that that does make winning the rookie of the year a much bigger deal. Oh, for, the for sure. For like sure. that makes that a really big deal, which yeah. is, you know, so there's something to be said for that. There's something to be said that there is, you know, potentially a little bit of consideration with it, but it still doesn't feel significant. No. And no. when you consider, at least to me, the amount um, that players are making, and yes, it's a lot of money, they're making six figures, but when you think about it, there are a decent amount of guys that get added to the 40-man Mm-hmm. And get brought up for like five days, so they're getting mm-hmm. that big league pay. 
And that play yeah. just absolutely dwarfs the amount they're getting in the minors. And there oh, are, for every yeah. player that makes it and has a successful career, you know, there are like 15 that don't. There's a new, even with a 20-round draft, that's still like an additional, what, 600 people being added into the pool every year. Then you have all those different levels, people coming in internationally. It's a lot of people, and most of them aren't ever going to see any of that money. So it mm-hmm. better be worth it when they get there. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So that's sort of been, it almost feels like siblings in a room that have just been yelling at each other. And is it, I really wish that they had like live cameras in there, just like, oh my God. It's just like, yeah. it's actually just like Tony Clark. It turns out Rob Manfred has like these like crazy Matrix karate powers and like him and Tony Clark are just going at it. Like, oh. like what could possibly be happening in there? I know, and then they said that, like, the last thing I saw maybe, like, a few minutes ago was, like, oh, they're gonna, they took a break, but they're gonna still do more talking, and I was just like, what is, like, what more, like, man, I don't, I just hate not knowing, like, like, you have to bend, you have to bend, both, like, any, and it's like, what will Major League Baseball have to bend for, like, what will they say, oh, yeah, this is fine, type situation, I I feel like the players at this point, like, they're going to have to have to sit out or else they're just going to look like jackasses moving forward. They're never going to be able to fight for anything um, as far as, as, you know, like uh, CBL issues. And, you know, that's that's not great. It's not great to be in that position for them that, like, yes, they get screwed by – the lack of games more than MLB does, at least mm-hmm. initially. But I don't really see any other option they have unless they get some kind of a concession from MLB, or else it's like, okay, well, what did we just drag this out for like all of February and didn't I get just, anything? I also hate that they waited literally to the last minute. Why couldn't you have done this shit in January? I don't. Can you explain something to me? You know, like the like the phones work two ways comment that Rob Manfred made. Can oh. How does it make sense for, I, I don't know, I just, I have a very hard time believing that the Players Association didn't, didn't attempt to reach out there, you know, like, that just, it doesn't make any sense for it them does not, not to. I feel like right. MLB said this is what we're doing, and they were like, well, uh, all right. Yeah, I just, I feel like I don't trust the damn thing that Rob Manfred says, so when it comes to him, I, I you know, and how, like, shitty of a comment and how like stupid do you think fans are like the idea of like the phone works two ways is so not eloquent like i don't need you to be eloquent but at the same time that is like such a shitty thing i i don't know i would say it's worked well enough that um i don't like reading my twitter feed very much anymore uh i don't like anything and like listen Baseball is not locked out as a total. It's MLB that's locked out, so yep. there's still going to be minor league baseball. There's still going to be international baseball. There's still college, college baseball. I got four colleges right now over here on the ESPN app. I need something. Need something. I've got the Celtics <laughs> on right now because I and this goes for this goes for college football. This goes for I I, I just can't get into um, college sports. I've never been able to. Like, 
I, okay. you know, like, um, I played baseball with kids who played college ball, and I, it's, it's like, okay, well, they're not that much better than me, so therefore, I mean, obviously now they are, but. Divisions, like, divisions matter too. Division oh, divisions one. definitely Woo-hoo! matter. These were all D3's kids. But, oh, okay. Hey, yeah, hey yeah. there was a guy in my high school who pitched D3 that got to play in Major League Baseball, oh, so. Exactly. Stru- struck exactly. out Andrew Benintendi on three pitches, so. I mean, it does happen. There are people that get scouted out of D3, D2. Yeah. If you're in D1, like, you, you're you good. Oh, like, yes, you are a lot better. But I just I just have a hard time getting into it. Um, yeah. That being said, I've been watching a lot of softball. Hey, there you go. See, I can never really get into softball. Really? Why? What, why, what is the, uh, the issue with softball there? I don't know. I just think it's because, like, I never really watched it. I, I, did, I didn't even play it. I, like, I don't know. I think I was just, like... Baseball, like, it's, I'm like this with most sports. Baseball is literally the only sport, weirdly enough, that I enjoy watching. Like, I enjoy watching baseball, so that's why I enjoy even, like, college baseball, because, like, yeah, you know, some, some people are like, oh, I need to have a vested interest in it. Yes, it makes it, to me, it makes it more stressful when I, right. when it's, because I care so much, versus, like, this is kind of nice. There's just the Tar Heels are playing, and Texas Tech, and, like, Houston, and, like, you know, you can just be like, oh, and, like, you never know, like, are these guys going to make it, or, like, you know, that type of a situation, you know? Yeah. No, I think that that's, that's cool, and I think that it's, it's one of those, I guess, like, things that, that really shows, like, why baseball is so appealing, because there are so many different ways that you could enjoy it. Very true. Very true. And yeah, with like, you think I'd support my fellow woman and watch softball. I've watched softball. I don't, I don't hate it, but I've just always gravitated way more towards baseball. Well, if it's just, certainly if it's more familiar, that makes sense. For me, I mean, I play softball now anyway, so like, I'm seeing that stuff as it is. But Mm -hmm. it's also just like, I, it, it's weird to me that there's never been much of, like, a softball following in the U.S. Because, like, I was watching it during the Olympics last year, and it was mm-hmm. like, shit, this is really entertaining. Oh, and they play very hard. Like, they're those women in, are... They're really good at, at softball. Yeah, yeah. They're, and, like, softball's just a different beast, too, especially when it comes to hitting. Like, you get, like, the slap hitting, like, all of that, and... The, the, the rate of speed that it comes at, considering how close you are, you're 40 feet as opposed to, you know, like 60 feet. And it doesn't matter if the thing is bigger and yellow. It's still very hard to hit. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, that is very the true. They have crazy movement on their softball pitches, too, which is just like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Aren't they, like, closer also? Like, yeah, they're, 40, closer yeah, they're they... 40 feet. They're 20 feet closer. So the, And they throw – they can get in there around 70, which is the equivalent of, like, the high 90s just because okay. – the, the difference of the distance, you know? Yeah, no, it's hard to hit. It really, like, when it's coming at you like that, it's it's not easy. And to get anything on it. Yeah, Jenny Finch struck out Albert Pujols. They did, like, a thing, and he looked, like, completely lost. Probably looked like somebody that is not used to that kind of pitching. Because Absolutely. he's not. They're different, they're different exactly. beasts, I'm sure. She would struggle hitting, uh, hitting a fastball from somebody that can pitch, so not Albert Pujols. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, but, yeah. I kind of keep, like, refreshing Twitter because it's like, yeah. okay, they've been talking all day right now. When we're recording this right now, yeah, it's like, be, uh, yeah, yeah like, it's, uh-huh. uh, I'm, like, waiting for because I feel like it's all going to come at once. Like, yeah, the other shoe just this. drops, like, you yeah. know, type of a situation. 
Yeah. Which of the reporters have you been using the most to follow uh, the lockout stuff? Yeah, I do. Uh, it's mostly the people that I've always followed. Like, I follow Passon, I feel like, is the one that, like, if he says something, I'm going to sort of believe it more than other things. Like, I know that, I mean, I still follow, like, Heyman, even though people find him to be a joke. Um, or the one that everybody says is the jinx. Which one's that? I fall, I still follow him, too. Oh, gosh. Um, Night, Bob Nightingale. Yeah, yeah, Bob Nightingale. I still follow Nightingale, too. But I feel like Passon is the the one that I feel like I trust the most. I, and I don't even really know why, but I feel like that's it. That's it. I don't know. Who do you I, I, I mean, Passon, it seems like he's really, like, the, the final word for me. Mm-hmm. But um, I think I've been using Evan Drellich a lot for this because he's yeah, been very reliable. Yeah. He's been really good. Um... Oh god, what's the guy's name who is like always like he he's like literally the mouthpiece for like the owners? John Heyman? Oh yeah, Heyman is like, yeah. The one he tweeted today being like, I think it's gonna be close and then like a baseball player was like, nah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Zach Britton. But yeah. you know, I I can't fault his optimism as much as like I know it's not realistic. It's like I just want like I went out today, I went to the, um, I took uh, my dog out for the walk, saw my previous dog, uh, long story, uh, but we went for a walk with the two of them, and it was really nice, and it was kind of a cold day, and on days like that where it's like sunny and cold out, and you spend time outside, it's this great feeling coming in and watching a spring training game. I look forward to that every year for two first weeks of it when it's like all guys that are like low A, double A, this might be the only time we ever see them. I love those games. I love like, you know, you get to see, like, oh, who's this Jose Adamas guy who's throwing 100 miles an hour? Like, that sort of thing. Um, and, you know, like, I don't have that right now for obvious reasons. And, you know, it's not the end of the world. And hopefully it comes back soon. But I I, I, I feel the loss. I really do. And Yeah, no, I feel you. Yeah, I just want, I just want that, um, that hint of normalcy, I guess. You know, like, we're on the precipice of World War III, still technically in a pandemic. It's the middle Ooh. of winter. We need you know, I just, I just want baseball back. I just want that hint of things feeling normal and okay. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. And it, it's like, especially given like the world that we're currently living in, it's a nice escapism. And I like, I truly feel bad for people that aren't passionate about something, whether it be anything or even, or sport. Like the idea of like, I, I love that there's this community on Twitter for the most part pretty great people and I love these people that like understand a passion you know and people that just are passionless I I feel I feel bad for them that they don't have something like this you know yeah it's it's not an easy way to I think it's I think it's kind of interesting in some ways too because you know like you think about um you know there are basic human functions that you you have to do we have to eat breathe for most people fuck um (laughs) urinate Poop. Exactly. <laughs> like all that good stuff. All, there's all these basic things, and something that I think gets, um, I, I, I believe that religion is something that is um, a very basic human need, but, you know, you're not going to be able to get that kind of religion necessarily from actual religion, mm-hmm. but you can get that from sports, you can get that from a fandom, you can get that, it's the mixture of the sense of a community and almost something that flows parallel with reality, but isn't, you know, your baseball life isn't going to really be affecting your day-to-day at Paramount or at 
uh, college for me. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, like, it's not going to be affecting that. So it's something that kind of flows parallel that you have a lot invested in. And, you know, like, if the Red Sox win a close game, I'm going to be elated for the entire next day. Mm-hmm. And if they lose a close game, it's going to affect me going into it. Not as much as it would have when I was in high school, but oh, it's still, yes. you know, like, I still, and, and, and you get that from it. And I think that that is something that um, is, I don't know, I don't claim to be somebody that really understands the human psyche that well, but I do think it's something that affects it in a similar way to it. Um, and no, it's I would agree. Have, when you reach that level of passion towards something and you have it taken away, that ain't easy. No, absolutely not. And it's just, like, I was way too young to, you know, live through the strike of 94 to, like, understand. But, like, I can't, like this this hurts. And the idea of, like, there being no baseball, like, 2020 sucked. But, like, obviously that was out of the hand, everybody's hands. Like, you know, this is 100% in the hands of Major League Baseball. You know? So, I don't know, the idea of just losing it for a whole year like I don't know like the off seasons are terrible but at least like in the off season for the most part you're getting like news about your team and how to make your team better who's coming in uh who's going out uh so like there's still a buzz and an excitement during the off season and now it's just like half of our team isn't even like finished because you know we had this lockout and then it's going to be scrambling and then I, I just don't know and then if you just have nothing and no news for like a whole year it's like a loss i mean to an extent i am looking forward to that chaos the chaos you know, will be fun <laughs> like the one week scramble is going to be an absolute yeah. blast and a half but you know um until that happens it's uh Ugh, it's it's gonna be um it's gonna be tough and like even with I was thinking about this because you know I I, I any any finance that I make off of baseball is from minor league baseball so this doesn't affect me at all mm-hmm. but it's different watching it when there's no chance that they're getting brought up to the majors. Yeah. And when you're missing the guys on the 40 man, so like some of your better players aren't gonna be it just doesn't it, there's just something feels off about it, um, the idea of that. And I'm sure I'll deal with it. I'm sure I'm going to be watching if we get to that point, the Woosocks on mess at every chance I get. Yep, yep. Yeah, we're going to become uh, some Worcester Red Sox fans. Hey, man, I was, I was at 40 games for them last year. So That's awesome. I'm, Such a nice know, ballpark, too. I love the ballpark there. I like that the fans and the players get so close to each other. And, the, and like, you know, like I saw Franchi Cordero was, like, talking to kids in left, in left field in between innings. You had um, Greg Allen, who was in, on the Scranton team, the AAA team for the for the Yankees. He was, playing ca- he was playing catch with them. He was just tossing the ball up, and they were throwing it back to him to warm up in between innings. How, if I were, like, eight or nine and a player did that for me oh my god i would like you know what i mean like i'd probably run away with the ball actually but uh (laughs) (laughs) this is mine (laughs) i'll just be taking this thank you sir but no it's just it's it's such a good community there it's such a good and it's their first year and it really felt like there was something that was already in place which was really cool yeah no the the ballpark i love the i love the feel of it i love polar polar seltzer is my favorite seltzer so (laughs) Love it, love it. Even though I bought myself a soda stream because seltzers be getting expensive, uh, so now I make my own. Oh wow! Yeah, making, uh, <laughs> making moonshining seltzer for when they inevitably ban it. Mm-hmm. 
I low-key wonder, though, if I filled this with wine and then I pumped CO2 in it, would I be able to make my own champagne? Yeah, probably. I don't know. Listen, I don't know. I'm, I'm no wine scientist, but really? yes. I was yes, like, that would work. That would be crazy. <laughs> like, I was just like, I'm making my own. <laughs> make uh, my own bubbly baseball. Yeah, that's your bubbly for today. It's just like your uh, carbonated wine. <laughs> I love how Major League Baseball is also giving deadlines. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, sorry. Like, Yeah, you know, there was a lockout in, like, 1990 that didn't end until, I think it was, like, mid-March. And they played all their games. So, shut the fuck up. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think if you can get this shit done, like tomorrow would be a huge effing shock. I would love it. But if you could get shit done, let's say by tomorrow, yeah, I don't see why there should not be 162 games. Like really, <sighs> start the season in April, which like they used to start in April. Like this whole March 31st thing is more new. So you start a little late, you know, and it's just like. You know, deal with the cold. It's gonna. Yeah. It's cold all the time. You, exactly. It's gonna be cold. Like April, September, October. Like th- those those months are gonna be cold no matter what. So like, maybe even May will be a little nippy. <laughs> we'll see. That's uh, you know, it's gonna. Tomorrow's a huge day as far mm-hmm. as uh as this stuff goes, and you know, we'll see. Um. But yeah, our topic for today is just going to be our uh, our favorite all times teams. Uh, what's yours, Bailey? What is yeah. what is your favorite Red Sox team of all time? So it's also the team I felt that broke my heart the most. So I have multiple emotions connected to it. It's uh, the 2008 mm. Red Sox. That's yeah, that's the team that should. I mean, they should have gone back to back. I digress. I hate I hated Tampa Bay for a long while. I was like, who are they? Because previously to prior to 2008, they sucked like straight sucked, and they've been a, a good ball club since 2008. But then when you're just really worrying about only the Yankees in your division, and now you have to worry about someone else, it, it makes it that much more frustrating so 2008 i'll go i'll go more into it as we as we go on but what's your team uh mine is 2003 Um, oh so you like heartbreak too well yeah (laughs) i think that you remember the heartbreak better it sticks with you better um you know, the, you're not going to romanticize your relationship that ends because summer vacation ends and you were both kind of over it anyway. No, you're going to romanticize the one that you never really got any kind of resolution on and it's going to stick with you for a while. Um, now, granted, um, the 2003 and 2008 seasons are kind of almost uh, like rever- re- reverse mirror images of each other because mm-hmm. 2003, they got beat in a very upsetting fashion and mm-hmm. then uh, they won the World Series the next year. And it's kind of the other way around for the Red Sox, where they won it all in 2007, mm. and then they were kept uh, out of the uh, ALCS. Uh, uh, sorry, they were kept out of the World Series by yeah. game. Game seven of the oh, so frustrating. That is, I that might have been my most emotional. I I cried that night. I was angry. I went into the backyard and I rearranged all the patio furniture. Like you know. Okay, so uh, when you say you rearranged the patio furniture, what do you mean by oh, that? Oh, I like... meant that I threw it off the patio into the back, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you didn't, like, this wasn't like you were like, well, I'm going to move this here now, no, I'm going to no, move yeah, this I here I'll, now. Yeah, when, when I'm frustrated, I just feng shui. No, 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 no. <laughs> 
I uh, I said, mm, this should be in the backyard. <laughs> this should be in our neighbor's yard. Yeah. Oh, uh, guess yeah. that we don't need that fence anymore. I am, thank God. I mean, I was 17 when this happened, so um, I was a lot more emotional than I'm. I'm better now. <laughs> Not much better. But, um, like, losing in the ALCS this season didn't remotely affect me the way it did in 2008. Well, I mean, it was borrowed cash this year. Like, they were playing house money. I True. remember how crappy 2020 was. And suddenly, like, oh, wow, they upset the Rays, which was not expected at all. Yep. And then they, uh, you know, they really, they they came off to, uh, they, they were up to one at one point in that series. And... I know, I know. Which you kind of, I, I did not think they were going to pull it off just because their bats were so hot and cold. Yeah, but yeah, that's they, a big problem. So it wasn't the same, whereas with the, you know, with the Red Sox, like Ortiz and Manny had missed like significant time that year. Yeah. And this is 2008. And you were really being carried by Euclid and Pedroia. Pedroia, you know, was fresh off his rookie of the year season. Euclid was not supposed to do what he did that year. And uh, that was really the beginning of like the all-star Kevin Euclid's was him going absolutely rip shit that season. And honestly, I think he should have won MVP. I know that uh, he didn't. <laughs> Pedroia had about 100 more plate appearances than him. But mm-hmm. Euclid's put up those counting stats. Like, it was it was a really lethal season. 312, 390 on base percentage, 569 slugging percentage, 100. And uh, I've got it up right in front of me right now. Um, how many RBI? 115 RBIs, mm. 43 doubles, 29 homers. I mean... You know, like that was, he was really the main RBI guy there. And Pedroia also had a great year that year, 326, batting average, 54 doubles, 17 homers, played some excellent defense, but so did Euclid. People forget just how good at first base Euclid was. Oh, yeah, no, and very good. No, that was like the opening day lineup, like literally Pedroia, Euclid, Ortiz, Ramirez, Lowell were like your your top five. Yep. Yeah, and yep. then randomly Brandon Moss batted in front of Veritech. I don't really know. I think I would have had Veritech and Ellsbury ahead of Moss because then you literally could have had Pedroia, Euclid, Ortiz, Ramirez, Lowell, Veritech, Ellsbury. Holy was, shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, I was going to say, was Moss on that team? He was literally the right field starter on opening day. That's wild. Yeah, he didn't hit half bad, actually. What, Jason Bay was on that team, too, but he didn't Bay really play was, very much. Bay was the uh, – he was traded in July. That's why. Yeah. That's yeah, and then he went off. Like, his yeah. second half was incredible. Like, and then Jason Bay was, I think, in, was he on the team in 2009 as well? I think I so. Feel like I think he, he played with them for two years because I remember. Yeah, because he was located, yeah. like, really good. Yeah, 08, 09. Like, he was, his 09 was really, really solid, too. Like, Jason Bay was a great player for the Red Sox. And then the Mets paid him money, and he, he sucked. So we got the best of Bay. We could not have asked for more from Jason Bay. Canadian hero, Jason Bay. Right? I'm just looking at some of the names on the, uh, like, that they had pitching this year. Like, do you remember uh, Charlie Zink? Oh, yeah. He was a knuckleballer. Yep. Yep. How about, uh, this name might be familiar, Kyle Snyder. Oh, God, yes. Pitching coach for the Tampa uh, Bay. And, of course, who could forget the legend Bartolo Colon? Oh, big sexy. Big yeah, no, sexy. there were. Oh, one yeah, of my like David Ardsmo was on that team. Like. Deverne Hansack, remember him? He oh went for the five inning no hitter. 
Yeah, I remember the Vern Hamsack. Oh, and then Javier Lopez, who just casually wins uh, World Series championships because then he won like three when he went to San Francisco. <laughs> I he think was he might a bad be, pitcher. You no, know, he was good. He might have literally five championships. Let me see. Four. He's won four. He won in seven, 10, 12, and 14. Key He's part of that one. Giants uh, dynamo. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, Justin Masterson, Hideki Okajima. Like this was a damn this is a damn good team. Like Oh yeah, this wasn't this was uh this wasn't like Okajima's all star year, but he was still really good his second oh, yeah. year of the team. Mm-hmm. Kevin Cash was on that team. Yeah, yeah. This is oh, like I... Ray's City there. That was the Ray's right? pitching coach and their manager were a battery on that team. That is a that is a that is a very true statement. Also David Ross came yep. on this like in August and signed as free agent. So David Ross had two different stints with the Red Sox. Um, I remember when George Kataris, I thought he was going to be something. He was the future. He was the heir apparent yeah. to Jason Veritek, and he just and I, never was able to put it together. But this yeah. was like his first taste of the big leagues. Yeah, it's unfortunate. Like when you think somebody's going to, and then they just become a dreamman, <laughs> unfortunately. But, you know. Yeah, so I was Sox- on that team, too. Yep. Sean Casey. Oh, I loved Sean Casey. I, I think it's, I, I loved the guys on this team. Like, I love the 08 guys. Like, these are just some great guys. Jed Lowry. Yep. I was going to say, trivia question. Of all of the offensive players on the team, only one of them is still in the majors, and that's Lowry. You're right. You are right. Good for Jed. Good for Jed. He didn't didn't do so well here, but, like, he's he's found a home in Oakland. (laughs) After completely, like, just robbing the Mets. Yeah, like, this team robbed the Mets. Between, uh, literally, between Jason Bay and Jed Lowry, just robbed the Mets. <laughs> Coco Chris, J.D. Drew, like, this was a good team. Oh, interesting. Oh, oh, J.D. Drew must have been, once again, hurt um, for the fact that uh, Moss was the opening day right fielder. Yeah. Drew had yeah. him hurt. Um, so, like, think about it. Think about this. Think about Pedroia, Euclid, Ortiz, Ramirez, Lowell, Veritek, Ellsbury, uh, yep. And then J.D. Drew, like, this yep. team should have gone back-to-back. Back. Yeah, and Drew actually had a good year. He had 280, 408 on base percentage, 519 slugging percentage. I mean, he was J.D. – J.D. Drew gets shit on for, for far more than he deserves. I mean, I have my own gripes with J.D. Oh. Oh, I know. But this was a good team. What was – um? What was your fa- – like, what do you remember most about this team? Like, what stands out to you? I think really trading Manny and then trading Manny, getting Bay, and then sure they didn't win the World Series, but then like getting within a game of getting to the World Series without Manny, and then like they proved that you could win without Manny in 13. They proved they could win without Ortiz in 18. So like because you know always you have those people that are like oh they're never gonna win without Manny, they're never gonna win without Ortiz. It's like no, you adapt and you get really good players to replace these people. So I think that's something that really stuck out. And then like the whole Manny Wood, he like became like a a big deal in LA. Like <laughs> they loved him there. Oh, they definitely did. He wore like 99. I think he was like, he wore 99 right there when he was there, right? Yeah, yeah. Pugh ended up, I think, taking that. Yes. Let, me, let me ask you, do you think that if Manny is in the lineup, they beat Tampa? You know, I've heard people say this. I don't think so. Like, because I look at it, they lost 3-1. Like, these were some close games. They got like, and their asses, like, you know, like they won game one, 2 nothing. 
They lost in 11 innings, 9-8 game two. Then they got their asses handed to them in three and four. And then they win a close game in five. And then they win a close game in six. And then they lose a close game. So I don't necessarily know if, like, I don't know, maybe. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know. I don't think so. Like, I think they should have won that goddamn game seven. You come back in game six, give me all this hope, and then you lose game seven and you lose it at freaking, yeah, like, no, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sorry. I the only thing would have made it worse losing at home, but thank God it was at Tropicana Field. <laughs> True, but I, I think Maddie's bat could have really helped them there just because of uh, – I remember David Price coming out of the bullpen for them and really uh, handling the Red Sox. Oh, yeah. so I think Maddie, I think Maddie would have uh, been not – you know, like he handled that kind of pitcher very well. Maybe. Better than yeah, Bay, that was but... literally like his debut in 08 too, right? David Price, yeah. Yep. He had just yep. come up. I remember also Coco Crisp having one really crazy at bat against the Rays in that playoff series where he struck. Mm-hmm. He it must have been like 13 pitches or something like that. And oh, I, I really? was always a Coco Crisp fan. That was also the year he had I that fist Coco. fight with James Shields. Yes. Oh I was in God. Disney World for that and just kept on watching it on replay at the really? hotel. Yeah, it was great. No, I um I remember after that fight, like Coco was like, yeah, I don't know. This like hefty dude started like coming at me. <laughs> he's calling him like he's calling him a hefty dude. Well, Chris was like scrawny though. Like he was one of these guys that like, oh, didn't yeah. really. He's like you're, you, you, that. He was small, but he was he was good. I also remember he totally screwed the Red Sox in 2016 uh, with that home run off Pomeranz in the playoffs for Cleveland. Oh yeah, I know. Oh. Pappy's last game. Mm. I know. I thought they were going to do some good stuff in 2016 as well. But, you know, it is what it is, you know. It took them two more years. Yeah, it did. It's fine. Um, now they need to get back to winning games again. But um, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like also Jason Bay, I felt like had, yeah, Jason Bay had a really good series too. So it's like, ugh, you know, it's it's so tough. Yeah, you never. Bay was no manny, but he was, people also forget how good Bay was, like, because he, mm-hmm. he was a very good hitter. He just wasn't, Manny was like, oh, you well, know, maybe, if not for steroids, one of the greatest hitters of all time. Yeah, well, maybe because of steroids. <laughs> you know, it's tough to say. It's, it's, I, I, yeah. I still contend that with the number, like, if everybody was using steroids and Manny put mm-hmm. up those numbers, that he was better than all those other people using steroids. So oh, absolutely. Not, yeah. Manny was a pure hitter, regardless. Yeah. Like, but it's unfortunate that we just don't know what he would have been completely clean. But it's beside the point. Uh, he helped us win, you know. No ill feelings. Uh-huh. World Series MVP, wasn't he? Yep, 2000 and, uh, yeah, four. Because yeah. Lowell was... Um, 2007. Yeah. And then who, 2013 was Ortiz, and 2018 was Stephen Pierce. Yes. Yep. That is true. It should have. It really should have been David Price, but you know. Yeah. But hey, Pierce did go pretty ballistic there, so I don't. Uh, it's kind. It's always kind of cool when like somebody totally random that isn't making that much money. Uh, yes. Wins so, it. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Because it's like I you know, no it's like, problem him winning it either. Like Manny Ramirez, David Ortiz, Mike Lowell, Steve Pierce. Yes. Yeah. And like in 2013 too, man, that could have gone to Xander. Or Ellsbury, too. Like, Xander and Ellsbury in 20... Uh, no, Ellsbury in 2007. And then yeah. Xander in 2013 was also fantastic, too. Oh, you know? yeah. The, the coming up as rookies and everything. Yeah. Ellsbury's 07 World Series was insane. 
I felt so bad for 2011 Jacoby Ellsbury though, because that was his year. I think, and I think won. that the Red care. Sox collapsing, I think collapsing, I think also cost him the MVP. I think he should have won MVP. He I was think. so yeah, Verlander so good was, that year. Verlander was good, but I mean, I also have like. I don't want to say I have a problem with pitchers winning, but like, come on, you already have your Cy Young. Like, you know, you yeah. got, so I don't know. I was just like, eh. Well, I'll say it. They already have their award. Like, yeah. You know, I think Ellsbury you know, should have won. They're being Absolutely. greedy. You're not going to see like a pitcher, like a starting pitcher win MVP and then like another pitcher win Cy Young. No, if he gets MVP, then he's winning Cy Young automatically. So why, I, it's, you know, it just seems unnecessary. Yeah. It's like, so, stay in your lane, guys. Come on. You're not even yeah. hitting anymore. No shit, right? Yeah, so I'm all for that 2011 should not have been Verlander's MVP. It should have been Jacoby Ellsbury's, but it was a great season. Thank you, Jacoby, for having your best seasons in Boston and literally railing the Yankees. <laughs> Thank you. Congrats. Yeah, the, they were probably like, oh, man, after 2013, we're going to get, like, more 2011 seasons, and he just sucked. Brilliant. Yep. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yep. Thank you. Thank you, unlike uh, unlike Johnny <laughs> Damon, who uh, yeah, was them. on the 2003 team. Uh, yes, he was. I love that 2003 team. Mm-hmm. It was not the first Red Sox team that mm-hmm. I was beloved by me. I love the 99 team. I remember exactly. That was the first year that I was really, truly started getting into baseball. Okay, and I remember. I remember um, visiting my grandparents and just the whole Red Sox um, series, kind of seeing that play out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, my folks letting me stay up late for, like, this one game that, like, they won, like, 20-something to something else, and then they beat Bartolo Colon, mm. and they, uh, the Pedro Martinez came out of the pen, and, I, uh, and they, like, had, like, no hit them. Mm-hmm. But 2003, I knew more about what was going on. Going I followed on, the yeah. team for about four years at this point. And that team just seemed like they really, because I don't believe they made the playoffs in 2000 or 2001 or 2002. And Theo was new. They had made all of these moves. And like my boy Todd Walker came over. (laughs) I love Todd Walker. I love him as an announcer, actually. I think he's pretty, he's got that baritone of a voice, but uh, he was, he had a good season for them at second. Yeah. I know your boy, Mark Bellhorn came in after that. He was (laughs) good too, but uh but uh, Walker was good, and, you know, Nomar was on that team, and he was finally yep. injury-free for the first time in a bit, and he put up a typical Nomar year. Uh, Bill Miller won the batting title. Manny Ramirez lost the batting title by a point. Uh, I think that was also the first year David Ortiz was with the Red Sox. Yep, it was, yeah. And that was a surprise because— opening day lineup. <laughs> remember Shea Hill? He took over for Shea Hillenbrand, and I think Hillenbrand ended up getting traded. Yep. Um, I want to say Gianni from Young Yep Kim. Yeah, like from they Yum played Yum Giambi over him. <laughs> well, Giambi, that was his last year, and it was like a real um, – he was like – it was a money ball move, and he was mm-hmm. a guy who drew a lot of walks, hit some home runs, and yeah, he couldn't really put it together here. But Kapler was on that team, uh, Mirabelli, you know, Trot Nixon had, I think, his best year in the majors, 306, 396 on base mm-hmm. percentage, hit 28 home runs. My dog uh, just climbed on me at his insisting <laughs> belly runs now. Aw, that's what you want. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, I know I get I get frisky from all this talk about the 2003 Red Sox too, Penny. <laughs> uh, oh gosh, I'm just like looking at some of the names on this team. Freddie Sanchez, who went on to win a batting title. Oh, was he actually on the team? Came up with the Red Sox. He got into 20 games for them. Oh, I didn't even know that he like made his 
debut with us. I thought he just oh, like yeah. went right to Pittsburgh. Yeah, no, he uh, came up. It's like, look at some of these guys in the bullpen here, okay? So besides BK Kim, mm-hmm. Bob Hoover, remember him? No, I don't remember that name. Oh, he was another, like, he was just like a random reliever they got from another team. Uh, Todd Jones. Todd Jones, yeah. Oh, my God. I didn't even know that Todd Jones played. Uh, Bruce Chen was on that team. Oh, I lo- oh, oh, my God, Bruce Chen. I have Bruce Chen's autograph, but it was when he was in um, Baltimore. He pitched, like, everywhere and forever. No shit, he really did. Uh, Brandon Lyon. You remember him? Oh, yeah. Wow. These names. I'm like, like, I'm looking them up. Wow. These names. Or is, was this Timlin's first season, too? I think it might have been. Um, Emory was yeah. on that team. And so was uh, Scott Sauerbeck. I remember he was a deadline acquisition, Sauerbeck. Oh, yeah. And then Scott Williamson. I, I remember think, that. I actually think Sauerbeck might have been acquired for Sanchez, if I'm remembering this correctly. Because I know he oh, came man. from Pittsburgh. I think Williamson came from the was a deadline guy, too. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. it was, it was, the team was wild. Kevin Millar for his first year. Yep. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, and they get to get so freaking close, too, man. Yeah, I mean. And oh, Jeff fall, Supon? Oh, my God. Yep, Supon. Dave McCarthy, was, who also pitched for them sometimes. This was low-key a good team. Yeah. Oh, and who for, could forget Lou Merloni uh, at the twilight of his career? Yeah. Oh my God. I also remember when McCarthy also pitched. I feel like I remember him more as a pitcher than an outfielder. Yeah. He was like a first baseman outfielder that they would just like use as their mop up guy too. He was like, that was like an assigned role for him. But it was a good. Sweet Lou. It was a great offensive team. They had so many guys hit 20 home runs or more that year. Uh, Veritek hit 25. Millar hit 25. Nomar hit 28. Mm -hmm. Manny hit 37. Nixon hit 28. Uh, Ortiz hit 31, and I mean Miller hit 19, so it's not like it was that nobody had less than 10 home runs. That was like one of their starters. The mm. closest to that was Damon had 12, so and he also stole 30 bases. So you know, like that wasn't exactly his job to be hitting home runs there. Mm. But yeah, it was just a fun team to watch. I remember them uh, getting through the playoffs. Who the heck? Oh, they beat Oakland. They lost the first two games, and I stayed mm-hmm. up till like super late. I was in. It was in ninth grade, so, like, that was a big deal staying up late then for mm-hmm. them. But then that series with the Yankees happened, and I just remember it being tied 3-3. And I was running downstairs in between innings because I was talking yeah. on AIM with this girl oh. that I liked who did not give a shit about baseball. She Aim. was Irish. And she didn't care about sports in the slightest. And I was running down there and being like, trying to like, you know, do whatever you did back then. Being like, oh yeah, English class was good, huh? Uh, but, um, you know, and I'd run back up and watch it. I was like kind of trying to balance this. And I kind of just missed like the last hour of that conversation because I was having a, kind of having a meltdown because, you know, like uh, Yankees tied it up off Pedro. I, uh, I, um, I didn't fault Grady Little, actually. Uh, I think it was it's, a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. It's this so came tough. up a couple years ago. Remember Blake Snell? Yep, yep, same 100%. Because Pedro was dominating them prior to that. He was like vintage Pedro against the same guy who struck out 20 Yankees and almost no hit them, you know? And then what happens if you, like you say, it's a damned yeah. if you do, damned if you don't. Like, what if you take him out and then, like, Timlin implodes or something? Yeah, and it then wasn't you're like, a great bullpen. with Pedro? You have the best pitch in baseball. Do they? No, like, so little... There are people that really vitreally hate Grady Little, and I 
didn't get it. I really like Francona was don't get me wrong. Francona was a better manager. Francona is a Hall of Fame manager, though, whereas I think that Little was, you know, kind of above average. He was better than Joe Kerrigan, uh, kind of the same tier as Jimmy Williams, you know, like Williams mm-hmm. was fine. Harmless. Yeah, like almost gets you to the freaking World Series. And like you say, he's put in an impossible situation. And then you say it's like with breaks now also. My God, the problem then was leaving your pitcher in too much. Now it's like, yeah. let's yank him when we're going to, you know, we're he's pitching the game of his goddamn life. He's never pitched as well since. And, yep. you know, uh, it's the last game he ever pitches for Tampa Bay because Tampa Bay yeah. is it's ridiculous. It's just absolutely ridiculous. This should have been in game seven of the goddamn World Series. Yeah. I'm a, I mean, you know I'm a big sabermetrics person, but that's the one thing that I disagree on, where if the guy's cruising, you keep him in. You and with Pedro, I, I would have done the same thing. Yeah. I would have done yeah. the exact same thing. He's one of the best pitchers in baseball. Your bullpen isn't that good. And a lot of those hits were just bloops. They weren't like, they weren't like knocking the crap out of the ball off of him. No, no. He got like batting average of balls and played. Like he got effed yeah. when it comes to that. No, 100%. And then you could just say, well, why wasn't your, like as a tight game, your offense should have been hitting more. You know, like there's so, there's so many things that you can, you know, say that can contribute to a loss. It's like, I don't necessarily blame Pedro or Grady Little because then, like you say, you'd be pissed if you took him out and then a Tim Lynn or uh, who else was like there? Or like you bring in Supon, you bring in Embry, and what happens if they blow it? You, you yeah, know? Exactly. It just it wasn't the team wasn't set up with a shutdown bullpen, so you sort of had to, in my opinion at least, depend more on the starting pitchers. And I mean, yeah. the 2014 wasn't that different. The 2014 was basically just an extension of the 2003 team. That bullpen had Folk, and that was the only real difference, and that's what got <laughs> them the World Series was having a Folk there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, poor Tim Wakefield, though, with that Boone home run. Uh, I remember uh, I just cried a lot when that happened. I didn't, like, rearrange furniture or anything like that. (laughs) I was just, like, I've never – that's the only time – that in 2004 when Nomar got traded are the only two times I've ever cried over baseball. Mm -hmm. Um, That's, like – you know, like, you take those hard. That's, like, when you first fall in love with the team, and then after that it just gets a lot easier. But, uh, yeah, that 2000 – that 2003 team was special, though. Like, uh, you know, like Wakefield was uh, vintage Wakefield and Pedro and Derek Lowe. And, yeah, it was just um, that was the team that made me, I think, fall in love with baseball. And I think that, you know, the heartbreak is uh, is a part of that. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, Pedro had a 2.22 ERA that season. <laughs> I mean, like, it's stupid how good Pedro was like 31 years old you don't take him out and yeah the pen kind of sucked a lot like they had Timlin and Kim were the only guys that had ERAs below four holy that, shit you know, really it was that shitty for their well, pen, good for, for them the getting of the pen yeah good for them to always get in the world series with the shit pen yeah they had uh Brandon Lyon 4.12 ERA uh Ramiro Mendoza 6.75, Alan Embry, 4.25. And I know, I know ERA isn't everything, but yeah. you should but have relievers that are a little bit better than that. You know, that's all I'm saying. Oh, man, oh. Chad Fox was on that team. Forgot about him. Oh, my God, there's just some names here. Yes. Yeah, I mean, Sauerbeck for the Red Sox had an ERA of 6.48, one of their big offseason, one of their big trade acquisitions, Williamson, 6.20. Like, that pen just sucked. That yeah. is a... Like a 
legendarily horrible bullpen. Yeah, so, then so I'm I, sticking with Pedro. Pedro, yeah. I'm not. What, you want to bring in BK Kim there? You want to bring in Mike Timlin and you don't have anybody left? Like, no, let's, uh, Brandon, you're going to trust Brandon Lyon with that situation? Yeah, no. no. So it's like you get, at that point, B, BK Kim, like, straight almost lost the 2001 World Series for the Diamondbacks, too. Yeah. It's not somebody who's known to, like, be nails in, like, in the playoffs. Oh, man, he was, I, I didn't realize, Kim, this was 2003, and he was still only 24 years old. So he was, like, 21 or what, whatever when he was oh, doing shoot. that for the Diamondbacks. Was that, like, his first year? Let's see. I think it must have been. He 99. Was really, no, he yeah. came out in 99. So, wait, he was, yeah, he was a 20-year-old rookie in 99. That's, that's nuts. Shit. Good for him. Yeah, and, I mean, he had a pitch till 2007, but his career was over before he turned 29. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. That's now something. he's he pitched until 2015 in um different what league in the South Korean Baseball League. Did he do any good? That I don't know. But then yeah, he okay. went and played for three. Yeah, 2007 was his last, and then he actually didn't Whoa. pitch again until 2011. No, no, he pitched a little bit after that. He pitched in 2019. Where it doesn't say it on here. Australia. Oh, we pitched in Australia. He pitched. Uh, he pitched for Melbourne for nine games. He actually did very well there, but Australia is not uh, what you would call yeah, uh, the, the highest competition. Yeah. But that's still pitching professionally when he was 39. There were four years in between that from uh, he pitched in Japan, he pitched in D-League, he pitched in Korea. Wow, he really sucked in Korea. Like, did every he suck season. in Korea? <laughs> yeah, his career ERA in Korea uh, was 6.19. I don't know how he kept getting work. Oh, God. That submarine style i don't know it'll do it for you it will that's crazy but yeah no um i wasn't really into baseball yet in 2003 i really did luckily start really getting into it in like 2004 like oh, it's always this, been uh this front runner <laughs> but yeah so i didn't really know too too much about the 2003 team but um, I'm glad it meant a lot to you. And then for the heartbreak that it was, that it was at least justified, you know, the next season. That's catharsis is what yeah, that was. It truly <laughs> is. It truly. And then just feeling you're at your lowest in 2004. Like I was actually in Cooperstown after uh, game three. We were there and... um. We were there, and this other guy like comes up to us, and he's like, "Oh, oh my God, it's awful, it's awful." And then my mom was like, "Yeah, yeah, well, you know what they say is always next year." Because <laughs> like at that point, you're down 0-3, you, you have no cause to believe that you're yeah, yeah. or straight. Like you're like, "Oh shit, 2005, that's our year." And then the craziest shit happens, you know. Uh, so that's uh that's our show for today. I think that we're kind of. Kind of had of ideas there, but mm. uh, <laughs> we'll be back next week, hopefully with some good news. Yes. Oh my God, please, please. And it'll just make this so much easier and everything will be just so much more fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Hopefully. as, as again, uh, once again, thank you to everybody that listens to us. Just uh, like us and rate and review us and talk to us. Please. We need people to talk to. <laughs> Give us ideas. What do you want us to talk about? We'll do it. Yes. We'll, we'll, we'll do it. I just saw the Eurovision movie yesterday. I loved, I loved it. I've had I've had the uh, 
the song uh, Double Trouble and Ya Ya Ding Dong. I've had them stuck in my head since. Great movie. Not a baseball movie. Mm-mm. But, you know, if, if, if you ask us to talk about that sort of thing, we will because mm-hmm. there's no baseball for a couple of weeks at least. So uh, That's so true. But thank you for sticking with us. We appreciate it. Ta-ta. See ya. In the past few months, flat.